0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Most American taxpayers got a tax cut, so where are the best avenues for spending reductions and privatization that Congress should be undertaking this year? Chris Edwards, editor of downsizinggovernment.org, discusses some of the prime cuts in federal spending for 2018. The Republican plan to cut taxes for the broad majority of American taxpayers uh, and many corporations um, didn't receive a single Democratic vote. And uh, in 2018 now, in thinking about spending cuts that uh, ought to be undertaken, it almost seems like a bridge too far. So where are the areas where you, you believe there could be uh, a bipartisan agreement on reducing or eliminating a lot of spending?
1: Well, spending cuts are certainly on the agenda in 2018. Uh, now the tax reform is off the agenda. Uh, I think Republicans in Congress will uh, focus on a number of spending reforms. I'll give you uh, a few examples. Uh, farm subsidies. Uh, Congress uh, will pass a big farm bill this year. Uh, The last big bill was in 2014, and the current bill expires this year. So there will be a big battle over farm subsidies. President Trump and his budget last year uh, proposed cuts to farm subsidies, and uh, I think that there's a good chance that we could get some cuts this year. President President Trump has also proposed uh, reforms and cuts to the Social Security Disability Insurance Program. This is a $150 billion program that has so much waste and inefficiency in it that you'll even see mainstream media outlets discussing the problem with the program. Essentially, there, are, uh, there appear to be millions of of Americans who have uh, only marginal disabilities who should be in the workforce who want to work. But once you start taking Social Security disability money, you're essentially not allowed to work. So the current system makes no sense. And there is a broad coalition of policymakers who believe we should make reforms, reduce the benefits and encourage people to get back into the workforce. That would be a win-win for government, uh, reducing uh, government costs as well as increasing uh, the participation rate in the labor force. So there are some areas here that could be bipartisan uh, reform uh, uh, agreements. So let's take agricultural policy to
0: begin with. There is uh – I guess, it, I guess it's a strategic uh, measure that merges farm subsidies with things that you could argue don't have anything to do with agriculture.
1: Well, the the way Congress usually does uh, farm bills is uh, it uh, pairs them up with food stamp spending, which is about eighty billion a year. Farm subsidies are about thirty billion a year, and so if you if you uh, join farm subsidies and uh, food stamps together, uh, you make rural and urban interests happy. Republicans in the past have tried to separate out uh, these bills because they tend to favor farm subsidies, uh, but they they've proposed cuts in food stamps. Uh, we'll see this year. I think uh, the, the, an interesting coalition is that environmental groups generally do not like farm subsidies. And of course, pro-market small government groups like Cato and many of the conservative groups as well uh, w- uh, want to cut farm subsidies as well. Uh, the environmental groups have been very effective in the past in making the case that uh, you know farm subsidies, they're bad for the environment. Uh, they go to high uh, earning uh, businesses that uh, don't need government subsidies. So uh, I think there could be a good coalition there that uh, cut subsidies this year in in, uh, agriculture. In fact, I would commend
0: to people look at the Environmental Working Group for lists of specific companies that derive the largest benefits from our uh, federal farm subsidies.
1: That's right. And we have a chapter in our new book, uh, Downsizing Federal Government Spending on Agriculture Subsidies. That's a real ripe one for reform this year.
0: All right. So, uh, with respect to Medicare and Medicaid, there you know these are entitlement programs. I I think they're rightfully thought of as as welfare programs. The uh, the Affordable Care Act pledged some cuts to uh, Medicare, but it are is something greater or something some reform of those systems to curtail costs on the horizon.
1: Well. Uh, the, both of Medicare and Medicaid are giant problems just to give you some raw numbers that are really uh, eye-popping. I mean uh, Medicare spending is now $700 billion a year and the official projections show it rising to $1.4 trillion a year. By 2027, so you know, doubling uh, in 10 years. Medicaid is 400 billion a year currently; it's expected to rise to 650 billion 10 years from now. It's absolutely uh, extraordinary. And on you know, the other big entitlement, of course, is Social Security. It is currently a trillion-dollar program, believe it or not, uh, expected to rise to 1.7 trillion 10 years from now. So this is a huge problem. Um, at Cato, we've proposed all kinds of solutions. Generally. With the healthcare programs, we want to uh, uh, reduce the amount of subsidy, and then take the subsidy and and uh, provide it to individual consumers uh, to an increase competition uh, in healthcare marketplaces. Rather than the current system that pumps out these hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies to the healthcare providers, uh, that system makes no sense. It creates inefficiency. Uh, we think smaller subsidies uh, directed to individual consumers. And opening up competition in the marketplace is the direction to go with healthcare reforms.
0: Now, e- economists generally favor cash payments over some sort of ad- large-scale administration of benefits uh, to people as as a pure efficiency model. How much efficiency uh, is lost, or how how many of those dollars for a lot of these large-scale programs like Medicare and Social Security and, and Medicaid? are essentially lost by the, the bureaucracy that administers them?
1: Well, you know, more than the bureaucracy, the problem with Medicare and Medicaid is the massive amount of abuse and fraud. Both of those programs, the official fraud and abuse rates, in other words, the mispayment rates are, are over 10 percent. But other private estimates uh, suggest that the, the abuse in Medicare and Medicaid is up to 20 percent. So this is – uh, 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 uh Corrupt, uh, you know, doctors uh, overbilling the systems. It's uh, you know just uh, run-of-the-mill hospitals and 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 doctor uh, systems over over overbilling for procedures either not done or billing for the wrong procedures. Uh, It's a huge, complicated mess. Uh, There's so much waste and fraud in it that the the government you know doesn't really have the auditors to deal with it. So the solution again is you you don't um, shell out this massive amount of hundreds of billions of dollars to the providers. You, you send fixed amounts of money to individuals, let them go out into the marketplace and buy uh, their own insurance uh, in a more competitive uh, private market and that will tend to drive costs down and tend to drive the abuse and fraud down as well.
0: Now, the federal government has been described as a health insurance program for old people with an army um, and so <laughs> what can we see from uh, the – the Pentagon, they'll be audited for the first time ever. Uh, Is there any expectation that that will reveal anything that isn't already known about how much waste is within the Pentagon?
1: Well, for over 20 years now, there's been a requirement that uh, federal agencies ha- uh, should be uh, have detailed audits and must uh, have clean uh, financial statements, sort of like uh, the audits of big uh, publicly traded private companies. Uh, I believe the Pentagon is the only agency that has never uh, passed these uh, passed these uh, clean audits, and uh, I don't think it's anywhere near the 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 Pentagon has hundreds of uh, computer and accounting systems. They don't work with each other. They lose massive amounts of inventory, uh, as a lot of our listeners listeners know the, the f- uh, procurement uh, for everything from fighter jets to uh, you know, hammers and screwdrivers at the Pentagon uh, is a total mess. Uh, the, the Pentagon owns all kinds, like the federal government in general, owns a massive amount of properties and structures that it doesn't know it has. Uh, it, it really is a mess. Uh, uh, Cato's Chris Priebel talked a lot about how we need another uh, base closing round. There's uh, too many military bases. We need to ne- downsize the number of bases. So all these reforms to uh, the Pentagon can be done and should be done uh, without uh, reducing the effectiveness of our uh, fighting force. So there is a lot of opportunity there. Again, there should be opportunity for bipartisan cooperation to squeeze uh, the waste out of the Pentagon.
0: One of the things that uh, Donald Trump on the campaign trail talked a lot about was uh, crumbling infrastructure in the United States. And I know you've done some work on what, infras- what the status of infrastructure is in the United States. Um, where is the federal spending on infrastructure not needed?
1: Uh, federal spending on infrastructure is needed virtually nowhere. Uh, I think the vast majority of infrastructure uh, uh, is a state and local responsibility and a private responsibility, uh, and I think we ought to get the federal government out of it. Uh, the federal government just adds a lot of rules and regulations that raise costs. So, for example, when, state, when states build highways, they have to use unionized labor because of federal rules, that raises costs. Uh, That makes no sense. Uh, Most federal infrastructure spending, uh, Amtrak, for example, uh, can and should be privatized. Britain and Japan privatized the railroad systems. They're both big successes. Uh, Air traffic control, to uh, President Trump's credit, he is pushing to privatize that system. Uh, I think that may happen in 2018. Uh, Both Britain and Canada privatize their air traffic control, again, a big success. Um, uh, with highways, uh, the, you know, people talk about. Well, we, we we need a federal gas tax increase to uh, uh, to, to do more uh, to fund our crumbling highways. Uh, Well, we don't. Uh, Any state that wants to spend more on highways can raise their own gas tax. All the 50 states have their own gas taxes. They can raise them anytime they want. We don't need uh, further federal intervention there. Uh, And it it goes on down the list. Uh, There's really no advantage in centralizing the funding and management of infrastructure in Washington. Uh, Washington is a mess. The bureaucracies work terrible. Congress is uh, uh, horribly inefficient. Uh, I think all these activities ought to be decentralized. Uh, to state and local uh, governments and we get more efficient uh, funding for the priorities that states themselves uh, know that they have. Are there federal
0: rules that could be changed or altered uh, that would f- just fundamentally shift a lot of the responsibility for that kind of spending
1: to states? I think the key is cutting federal subsidies. Um, the problem with the Federal subsidies for highways, Uh, for Amtrak, uh, for air traffic control, for airports, uh, is that the the subsidies uh, always come with strings attached with top-down federal regulations that reduce efficiency. Um, So for airports, for example, uh, many other nations have privatized their airports. Half of all European airports are private now. Canadian airports are run by non-profit, independent, unsubsidized uh, corporations. Uh, Most British airports are private, publicly traded corporations and again, unsubsidized. So you don't need the federal subsidies. The subsidies just come with complex rules and regulations that raise costs. So. Uh, You know, American policymakers need to spend more time looking at these reforms around the world. I've written extensively about this uh, on the downsizinggovernment.org website where I look at these privatization examples around the world. Uh, So now that we've got tax reform in Washington, uh, after uh, many years uh, of following the lead of other countries reforming their tax systems, now we need to move to uh, areas like infrastructure, look at these good reforms that uh, other countries have done, and implement the best ideas here in America.
0: Chris Edwards is Director of Tax Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. And now a thank you to someone who supported the Cato podcast financially at the end of 2017. Dr. Downing, thank you for your patron sponsor gift to the broad mission of the Cato Institute during our podcast sponsor promotion. Without supporters like you, we couldn't do the work we do at the Cato Institute. So thank you.